Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Thanks for joining the show once again. And thanks if you've been following along with us all the way. We really appreciate you. And once yeah. again, we're going to be laughing louder, digging deeper. And uh, what's the last thing? Living larger. Living larger. We're, gonna be, we're yeah. still going to be living larger in the Lord Jesus Christ. A little That's fatigued key. today getting started, Em? Uh, no, not fatigued. Okay. Um, but just a little distracted, you little know, distracted. with the holidays mm-hmm. and... Stuff yeah. like that. Hey, don't it's forget. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's don't a forget. good scatteredness. <laughs> don't forget. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was going to say, don't forget. Freshroadmedia.com is listener supported. And as you're considering your year-end donations, would you consider this broadcast outreach uh, tax deductible? It's all easy peasy at freshroadmedia.com. Hey, we got a big show. A big show. Really big show. Really big show. Uh, We're going to be talking about the six common misconceptions or false beliefs about the King James Version. Mm -hmm. That is the Bible Idiots Deep Dive coming up in just a minute. Also, later in the program, our good friend and regular, regular guest, Mike Shaw, will be along for Right On Way Off. But today we start out like we always do with the monologue from Emily, which is (laughs) affectionately called... Granny Rant. Here she is. Here's Emily. As I promised, we're going to be talking a lot about Christmas from now through (laughs) Christmas. Maybe Epiphany if you don't behave yourself. (laughs) But today's question is What do sleigh bells, or I should say uh, jingle bells and sleighs, have to do with the true meaning of Christmas? We see them all over, you know, brightly painted red, and it's really a beautiful, fun part of our holiday celebration, but does it really have anything to do with the Christian holiday? Does it? It, in fact, it does. I figured, well, I figured as much. Well, I figured there had to be something, it. or you wouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nope. Nothing. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, Jingle Bells. It's from the <laughs> Druids. <laughs> I heard they had bells. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jingle bells. So this actually goes back to the Feast of Stephen. And it it was celebrated as the second day of Christmas. We sing the carol, the 12 days of Christmas. That was an actual thing uh, for a long period in the medieval times through the Tudor and stuff like that. So um, this is the second day of Christmas. It's called the Feast of Stephen, and the early church began celebrating this right around 1300. And yes, the Stephen that is celebrated is the Stephen that's in the Bible. In Acts chapter so 7. So you may have heard reference to this Feast of Stephen in that uh, Christmas carol, Good King Wenceslas, you know, once looked out on the Feast of Stephen, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Uh, so what is this Feast of Stephen? Yeah, I got to be honest. Uh, <laughs> never really feasted with Steve. It's it's not been something that I've done. What What's the gist? It's often celebrated on either the 26th or the 27th, depending on where you hail from. And it's a, actually a commemoration of Stephen himself because he is recorded as the very first martyr. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, it's an honor right. and commemoration for him and, of course, the saints that were martyred from then on. It's a day set aside to honor those people. Now, it's in the Christmas holiday celebration because in the early church, Stephen was um, assigned to helping take care of the widows because the church, the early church at that time, People were noticing that the widows were really not being taken care of very well when it came to distributing um, goods and so on to make sure everybody was was well taken care of. And so this is recorded in the book of Acts 
where the church leaders then uh, set aside seven men. They called out seven men who were wise and godly and said, okay, you guys need to look after this. Let the preachers preach and you guys look after these widows and the poor. And and, and part and of the you people, guys was Stephen? Yeah, uh, and those people that might slip through the cracks. And mm. so you can read this in Acts chapter 6 through 8 is kind of all about Stephen and his martyrdom, okay? So and it's his a sermon in thing. the middle of that is outstanding. His speech, he gives a speech because he's accused, this is kind of off script for me, but he's accused by a bunch of liars of doing something he didn't do. No. And so, so. yeah, and guess, while we're off topic, <laughs> <laughs> he is stoned as a result mm-hmm. of it. And guess who's standing there right beside overseeing everything and giving the okay to have Stephen stoned? I'm going to go with the Saul before he's Apostle Paul. Exactly. Saul, who later met Jesus on the road to to Damascus. Uh, Before that, though, he was persecuting the Christians. and, And Saul, who was later to become Paul, was standing right there when Stephen was indeed martyred. So we're back to the Feast of Stephen. Fast forward. Uh, like I said, it was like medieval times, 1300 to 1400. They started celebrating this Feast of Stephen. So what did they do? Okay. I'm going to say <laughs> drinking and carousing. <laughs> no. They lied about one, each other, about one another until a family Feats fight broke out. of strength, out. airing of grievances. <laughs> yeah. no. no, no. They carried on the work of Stephen by making sure oh, the poor yeah. and the widows were taken care of. How did they do this? Yes, how did they do that? On the 26th, on this Feast of Stephen, they would load up goods and gifts and so on, and they would take them and distribute them to the poor on that day. Does this now, have anything to do with the British box? Day? It does, it actually. Does. It, okay. it turned into, it's what is called Boxing Day now. Um, in, in England, and here we don't have anything like that. Yeah, I'm starting to see Boxing Day actually be referred to a lot more of late. So even when you hear Boxing Day, guess yeah. what? It all goes back to the Bible. We, we spent two Christmases in England over the last 15, 20 years, and both times Boxing Day was a big deal. Right, right. And so when you experience it, it's kind of different. Anyway, yeah. back to your story. Okay, so they're loading up all these gifts to be distributed among the poor. And if you go to Tudor England, um, December was often time, you know, just as the Christmas Carol says, you know, snow lay round about. Deep and crisp and even, right? So, Deep and crisp and even. Yes, that's okay. part of the good king wants us lost. Mm-hmm. I'd sing it, but, you know, I, I don't want people to shut off the, the podcast. Anyway. And we all thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> Mazel tov. Uh, so oftentimes there's snow. So what were they What were they loading these gifts on for the poor? I'm going to sleighs. sleighs. Now, this became a huge tradition that everybody took part of. And here's the cool thing. Um, so they would often adorn the sleighs with bells. Bells have long time been synonymous with the church. And so they would adorn the sleighs with bells so that the people that were inside their houses, they'd hear the sleighs coming and they would know exactly what this was. This was to distribute among the poor. So they would hear uh, these the sleigh bells coming, so they would all go out, and then they would receive the gifts and to take them inside, and so on. That's a great so, story, isn't it? A great story. I really love it. And the thing is, is that we haven't really forgotten the sleighs and the gift giving and any of that stuff. But what have we forgotten? We have forgotten the biblical foundation in which all of this began, and that's mm-hmm. what's really 
kind of sad because um, it's so deep in meaning. You know what I mean? It's so deep in meaning. And here's what I want to challenge people to do. I want to challenge people to tell the story to somebody, the story of the sleighs and the sleigh bells and what it refers to and why people do it and why it's a significant part of Christmas to this day. And the reason I want you to tell someone is because then when they see them every Christmas, Christmas after Christmas, they'll never see them the same. When they see those sleighs, they will remember that this is all a part of one of the great saints in 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 Christendom, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Saint Stephen, I guess. Um, and they're carrying on the work that he did in taking care of the poor and honoring the martyrs and the way that he died. He gave his life ultimately for the sake of Christ. And that, my friends... Is what Christmas is all about. <laughs> the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> da, da, da. Yes. So, hey, what's that one Christmas carol that was written by the guy? Um, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Yeah. Is that the name of the song? Yeah, I think it's called I Heard the Bells. I Heard the Bells. Yes. <laughs> I, w- I can never hear that song. And Kathy right. Crowns had a Christmas album that became part of our rotation, which is to this day. Emily has a song shuffle and that we play it through the, the Bluetooth speakers. And Casting Crowns is is littered in there. But Mm -hmm. when Mark Hall starts singing that song, every time I hear it, I think of the story of the guy who wrote it. Mm -hmm. Because his wife died in a tragic fire on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. And it took him like three or four years to get over it. And when Jesus finally healed him where he could go forward, he wrote that hymn. And it was when he heard the bells on Christmas Day. I can't stop thinking about that story every time I hear it. I know. Um, A man who went through utter devastation. Here's the thing about a lot of those old Christmas carols. They were birthed out of very tragic circumstances. Mm -hmm. The same with Silent Night, birthed out of a uh, church that that was raised, that just burned to the ground. Mm -hmm. And people came together with what they had. and, And that song came out of that. And so that's kind of the way it is. And that's why I really love those old Christmas carols, because they, like I said, I can't stress it enough. The meaning is so, so rich. So Merry Christmas. All right, let's let's turn here. Let's go. Uh, Chris, it is time now for your, uh, let's see, what do we call it? Bible Idiots Deep Dive. Biblical biblical Idiots Deep Dive. I love this part of the show. Give Mm -hmm. us another reason to believe. Well, sometimes we talk about the sermons, uh, messages that are out on Bible Idiots, which is my teaching platform, Mm -hmm. what I've been doing here at the incredible church, Fresh Encounter Church, where I'm just so fortunate to be the senior pastor of. Uh, but there are other times where we want it to be a pure apologetic moment. This is one of those things. Right. Apologetics is making a defense of the faith, and we are really about the scriptures. And Bible idiots comes from the, you know, the the flavor of Paul, I will be a fool for Christ if that's right. what it takes. Are we idiots for believing the Bible, or would we be, be idiots, idiots not, not to? to? I should probably say that every time you I should. introduce you. You, you got you to get a better <laughs> intro than, I know. let's go to biblical insights with yeah. Chris. Uh, it's Christmas, dude. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> hey, I heard the bells. I heard the bells. That's all that matters. (laughs) All right. I found six common misconceptions or false beliefs about the King James Version translation of the Bible. I found it on Facebook, so we know it's true. (laughs) (laughs) And let me me hit you with this, and you tell me if this is true or false. The King James Version was the first English translation of the Bible. Mm, 
I don't know that answer. Well, see, I, I want to say no, but I don't know. It's no. It's yeah. no? Yeah, King James was not the first. It was actually the 10th English translation of the Bible. Okay. Wycliffe okay. knocked it out in 1380. Yeah, see, that, that was, was long before. Tyndale yeah. in 1516, and I always give Tyndale the credit for right. really getting the English language. By the way, Tyndale was martyred for putting this in the English exactly. language because the Catholic Church did not want the Latin to be understood by the yes. common man because then it would take away their their authority, kind of like the uh, religious leaders in Jerusalem on Passion yeah. Week when they found out this Messiah doesn't respect us. <laughs> we must kill him. Um, authority's at risk here. Then yeah. the, the Coverdale Bible came out in 1535. Okay. Matthew's Bible, never heard of it, 1537. Taverner's Bible in 1539. Okay. This must have been the people in the tavern that were drinking and reading Matthew's Bible, because that yeah. used to be what they'd do. They'd hoist a pint and read the sure, scriptures in English. Sure. The Great Bible in 1540, the Geneva Bible in 1560, yeah, see, yeah. the Bishop's Bible in 1568, and the Dubé Rhymes version in 1609. Never heard of that. But 1611, the King James Version. Yeah, see. Mm -hmm. And now, when did the printing press come out? That was the late 1300s, early yeah, 1400s. Yeah, see, and I knew. And when he came out with the printing press, that he was everything. printing the yeah. Bible. And so, yeah, the whole Reformation was getting the Word of God into the hands of the people in their own language yeah. so that they could read it for themselves. And, and it, it started with those uh, languages where vast numbers yeah. of people spoke. So, well, yeah. I don't have a, a big hold on pretty much anything material anymore because God is kind of driving that out. But I have one piece of material uh, possession that is really important to mm -hmm. me, and it sits behind my desk. And it's an actual page printed in 1611 of yep. the King James Bible. And it's a page of Genesis. And it's just absolutely cool. It's, it's pressed in glass. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's one of my, my fond, uh, fond things. Anyway, number two, the King James Version was authorized by God. No, <laughs> even mean. I don't even <laughs> well, know. Well, there's a belief that the King James Version was authorized by God to be translated as just an assumption with no biblical basis. In other words, this, you know how the Bible's inspired? Yeah. They wanted to say the King James Version was also just as inspired. That's oh, been that's been a misconception going okay, around, right, going around right. town, around town. <laughs> See, the King right, James Version, the, the KJV <laughs> was called the Authorized Version or the AV. Right, right. KJV AV. Because its translation was approved and mandated by King James I. Yes. And it was appointed to be read in churches. Mm -hmm. This was stated in the original title page of the King James Version, which is oh, very historically yeah. uh, provable. Right. It said the following, the oh. Holy Bible containing the Old and New Testaments, translated out of the original tongues, and with the former translations diligently compared and revised by His Majesty's special command, appointed to be read in churches. And that last nice. part's in all caps. Nice. Yeah. Way to go, King. All right, how about this? Number three. <laughs> I said there was six. Yes. Number three. The King James is always true to the literal words of the Hebrew and Greek texts. Well, I would say as much as possible, yeah. Well, it's very generally kind of a very literal translation. Well, it that is not was really always general. literal in all of its renderings. <laughs> okay, say that again. Okay, generally kind of it is literal translation, but yes. it's not always literal in all of its renderings. In other okay. words, you can't say that because there's a few things that don't work out. Let me give you a couple of examples. Okay, please do. In Luke 20, verse 16, mm -hmm. in Romans 3, 4, the King James paraphrased, paraphrased the Greek word, me genitio, as may it never be. And they, okay. that's the way it's supposed to be translated. It's okay. now translated in the King James as God forbid. 
Oh, okay. You follow? I got you. Yes. May it yeah, never be versus God forbid. Little, right. Yep. And we're going to end this segment by talking about uh, a couple different things, but uh, you know, you about about thought for thought and paraphrase meaning for meaning that type of thing. Okay. Matthew twenty seven forty four, the Greek uh, one didzion, one didzion atuan. It's they reviled him. Don't laugh at my Greek. I'm not... <laughs> Did Zian Matuan? I, it's like, are you sure this isn't like Klingon? I mean, I I don't know. I can't yeah. tell. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Those two great words that were they reviled him is paraphrased in the King James Version into cast the same in his teeth. What? Instead of they reviled him, the King James put it cast thy same in his teeth. I don't know what that even means. I, I don't either. So okay. another misconception about the King James Version is that it is a perfect translation. And there is no such thing as a perfect translation. The only perfect texts of the Bible were the texts that came from the hands of the biblical writers written in Hebrew, Aramaic, right, and Greek. Right, right. Perfect translation is not possible because of the nature of language. Exactly. When I say perfect translation, we had a couple, when I was in seminary, we had a couple guys from Africa from mm -hmm. from the sticks in Africa who had in their own language some of the Bible translated, mm -hmm. and we learned that that where it says my sins shall be washed as white as snow, mm -hmm. uh, they couldn't have that word in there. Do you know why? Because it doesn't snow in Africa. They didn't even know what snow was. Yeah. They and so in their translation it says this that my sins will be as white as cotton. Yeah. So cotton and snow cannot be translated in the same. Right, so right, 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 right. Uh, so receptor languages such as English can't always reflect perfectly the concepts or meaning of the Greek and Hebrew words. And in some cases, the meaning of Hebrew and Greek words are difficult to decipher. True. Decipher and pronounce, mm -hmm. as we just learned. Translations are not just approximations to the original text. The goal of each translation is to be closer as possible, as much as possible, to the meaning of the original right. text. Now, that's why translations are continually revised to be more accurate. The King James Bible was not exempt from revisions. Did you know that? No, no, I knew that. I Four knew major revisions yeah. of the KJV, 1629, my deep Baptist brothers and sisters. The King James Version, it says, is a better translation than modern versions. Hmm. That is also a misconception. Hmm. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that it's better than anything else? Not necessarily better than anything else. I think that there's other translations that are equally good. When you look at actual translation language for language, yeah. the truth is modern <laughs> versions are much better than the King James Version. Okay. Okay. The King James Version is not a readable version compared to many modern versions because of its obscure literal renderings. The King James Version is based on late and inferior Greek text, while modern versions are based upon much older and more oh, reliable okay. Greek text, as we have found 20,000 New Testament manuscripts right. and over 7,000 both Testament manuscripts. By the way, the, the most in history of any ancient text that it comes in second place to the Bible is Homer's Iliad. Do you know how many uh, copies of that text we have? Not very many. S just under 700, 600 okay. and some. So compare 600 to 
7,000 and 20,000. We don't doubt Homer's Iliad at all. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. there it is, and it's, yeah. it is what it says, you know? Yeah. And so <laughs> through the science of textual criticism, it is not possible to determine with high ac- accuracy which variant is reliable or not. Lastly, number six. Okay, sorry if this is going on too long, but I found it fascinating. Yeah. The King James translations uh, were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Mm, no. 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 No, that is another misconception. There are Christians who believe that the KJV translators were inspired by the Holy Spirit in the same manner as biblical writers, but this is denied by the translators themselves. Mm-hmm. In the original preface to the King James Version of 1611, the translators admitted that their work was not perfect and not on a par with the inspired authors of Scripture. So, Bada bing, bada boom. Think about it, though. Think about how much more difficult it would have been to do the translation during that time period. You know what I mean? These languages were not used. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so to go through God's Word and determine these things, I mean, that had to have been really laboriously intensive and took Mm -hmm. a long, long time. I mean, you know... I, I just can't even imagine. Yeah. I can't even imagine. But God has miraculously preserved his word over the years so mm-hmm. that what we're reading today is indeed the same message that the original authors wrote down. Yeah. It can be trusted word for word. Well, let me just share with you uh, the equivalencies. Okay, okay, let's do it. And I copied a uh, copy for you yeah. for the equivalency. It's, it's little... this paper right here with yes, the colors. My, right. I have yeah. my chart, teacher. All right, all right. <laughs> word for word, formal equivalence is the NASB, okay. the ESV, yeah. the King James Version, the New King James Version, and the TRB. And the TRB is the readable Bible. I've never heard of it. Never heard of that either, but I, uh, ESV is one of my preferred translations. Yes. I yes. really like that one. Um, and I have gone from ESV to CSV to NLT. And that's those are the three that I stay in mm-hmm. almost. And I always go back to King James and NASB with my sermon text, just to read it from a different perspective, yep. just to see if there's anything else that'll help me make you know, the points that need to be made. But word for word, formal equivalence, it's those four. Then there's another one called meaning for meaning, which is the closest natural equivalence. Then okay. there's another uh, breakdown of thought for thought, which is right. functional equivalence. Yep. And then there's paraphrase, which is retelling of the scripture. So right. meaning for meaning, they have what's called the GW. And GW is God's Word translation. I didn't... Did President Bush write a translation? <laughs> what, is, what do you mean? Oh, GW translation. <laughs> I wasn't trying. I'm, I'm thinking the GW biblical. Bible. Uh, yeah, yeah, the GW Bible. <laughs> For America. <laughs> For America. <laughs> yeah, no. I uh, joke. It, it has God's nothing Word to do. God's Word translation, which okay. I've never heard of till today. Okay, I haven't either. That's yeah, why the I, jokes just unfiltered my either, you brain. Because some of these you know, the last 15 years just kind of got mushed together. And, and the, the new one for me would be the thought for thought functional right, equivalent, right. which is the you CSB. Phrase. Yeah. Yeah. The CSB, the NIV and the NLT. And mm-hmm. we have found that the NIV had enough problems with it that that became such the common Bible in Christendom, mm-hmm. you know, from, you know, the it late 90s through, you know, years. 2010, 2015. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have kind of crossed over. My my study Bible is from Charles Spurgeon Notes, and it's with the CSB. Yes. And Alistair Begg's Truth for Life kind of put that out, I think. I do like that and Bible. And then yeah. I've got the NLT Recovery Bible that mm-hmm. has a bunch of notes in it. Oh, yeah, Those yeah, are the yeah. two that I just have the most fun with every week. Yeah, yeah. 
And then there's paraphrases. And yes. that's where Emily really comes off the rails. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Emily can't. She, if I read them, if I read, the, if I read the message from the pulpit, wherever she's sitting, I'll glance over just to get the hairy eyeball. It's like you don't even want that in your I don't, worship services. I know. I don't care if it's in there as long as we know what it is. Yeah, that's all. Well, the NIRV. Just identify. Yeah, the NIRV is the New International Readers Version. Never heard of that. Okay. The CEV, which is the Contemporary English Version, and I wouldn't mind checking that out. And then the message, Eugene Peterson, the message yeah. is another paraphrase. And I love the message because the message, I have been able to read some of the hard reads in Isaiah, some of the hard reads in Jeremiah, uh, and I can read it as a story. Yeah, it's kind of so like it a really great... has helped me go deeper into, especially the old prophets of the, uh, my microphone again. Uh, please don't go out. There we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're beeping over there too. Your phone's going off. For those You're of you mess. wondering, this is not a high budget production. <laughs> My microphone's hanging on by a thread here. Um, see, My here, doctor here, told like, me actually to avoid MSG. So I'm, I'm doing that. <laughs> the message by the message Bible helped me through a lot of those uh, getting for, deeper into the old yes. prophets and stuff like that. When the old Testament came up, the new Testament, I think that there's some liberties taken in Revelation, for example, and maybe even some in Romans mm -hmm. that I I just, maybe it's too far. Yeah. Well, there was a book that came out um, and it was called, oh, what was it called? It, it, la it lasted on the market for about two years and people threw it out because it, it couldn't get any traction. But in that paraphrase, it was, uh, it called Jesus the Great Referee. Do you remember that? Mm, I, you can't take the I name and the, and the eminence I'm of blocking. Jesus Christ and break it down to he's the great referee. <laughs> no, exactly. So you can't exactly. go too far with it. But I think Eugene yeah. Peterson was faithful. So the bottom line is, when you go to find a translation of the scriptures, understand that there are paraphrases that are not scripture. Yep. They're basically just trying to do the retelling of the thought for thought or the meaning for meaning. So you can or the understand what the message is that's yeah. being conveyed. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a great study tool. It's great. Just understand it's not a translation yeah. literally of the Bible. There are times when you need word for word. You but do, let me ask yeah. you something. When word for word makes no sense to you, mm -hmm. you're better off with meaning for meaning or thought for thought. Mm. Because then you can go back to word for word and see what was meant there. That's why... When, when I preach and teach, uh, a lot of times I will put different translations of the same verse up back to back to back just to give yeah. people the vibe. We did uh, we're, every Monday morning uh, at uh, Monday noon now, uh, just an impromptu Bible study. I'm calling it the 1210 Scripture Day because we start at 12 after 10 to give everybody a chance to grab their food and get get with us here at the church or the, on a Zoom call or whatever. And I've I, today we read a couple different things in different translations just to get the flavor, just to get yeah. the vibe. It's a good thing to do. Yeah, but the is. bottom line is in this time that we live, you need to be writing God's word on your heart any way that you can, any way that you're going to remember it. Make sure you spend time every day in the word. Are you going to eat something today? Yes, you probably are. Are you going to sleep today? Yes, you probably are. Are you going to brush your teeth today? No, nah, that's questionable. Uh, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. Twice, morning and nighttime, right? God's word needs to be right there with exactly. those things where it's just non-negotiable. It yep. happens in my life. Yeah. And yeah. that's all I have to say about all that. All right. Today. I love it. That was very good. Where I are we going? That was good information. Oh, good. That has helped me I love doing apologetic pieces like that. And by the way, the movie Bible Idiots was based on that principle that 
This apologetic stuff is so good for us, yeah. but sometimes it can be boring. Yeah. And so we tried to add some comedy and some other things to just make it alive because once it gets alive and gets in you, mm-hmm. man, that's just the best world to live in. And the good thing is, like we talked about before, uh, all of these different translations and the different wording and so on, You, we can go back to some of those original manuscripts, or not the original manuscripts, but we can go back thousands of years to manuscripts that were written back then, word for word, yeah. letter for letter, punctuation, everything exactly the same, and compare it and lay it down t- with what we have today yeah. in the ESV, in the King James, right. so on. And the message is the same. Well, the so biggest God has thing, preserved his his message. The <laughs> biggest per the re- biggest reason we need to do this yeah. is because right now God's word is absolutely getting throttled mm. in the in the public square as yeah. being untrustworthy, as unreliable, as there's this flaw and there's that flaw. And it's just it's just so sad yeah. to see because it's so awesome in its completeness. Right. And when you write God's word on your heart, word for word, cover to cover, he's going to make his way clear to you. Absolutely. See, and you will find knock and you shall have the door opened unto you. But if you opened. don't open unto you, open the door. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> kind of almost. And the door will be opened unto you. Not okay. opened unto you. You can't tease me ever, ever, ever again about being a little flustered in front of the microphone. All, All right. right, let's move on. Big story. Oh, you're going um, to do a big story? I knew it was going to be a big story the moment I saw it because Chris, you and I were sitting at home. Uh, the Chiefs game was on. I don't even remember who they were playing. Uh, but a cute little boy, nine years old. His name is actually, uh, what is it, Holden Armenta. He's all dressed up. He's got the Indian headdress on. He's, of course, cheering for the Chiefs. Yeah. And they put a shot on him, you know, one of the, those crowd shots. Yeah. And his face was painted like a lot of people paint their face for the Chiefs, half black, half red. But his head was turned. So all you saw on the camera was the little boy, the black side of his face, and the headdress on. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing that image very distinctly and thinking to myself, oh, wow, the left is going to go to Trigger City today over that. And sure enough, they absolutely did. Uh, Several uh, journos jumped on it. The most prominent one, and I think the first one to get something spit out, was Karen Phillips. Karen uh, is a, it's spelled different, C-A-R-R-O-N. It's a gentleman, Um, but I think it is ironic that his name's pronounced Karen because he is kind of a Karen. Uh, He's from Deadspin, and he went off on this boy calling him a racist and just tearing him to shreds. The, the most intolerant people are the people that wrote in on the surfboard of tolerance. Don't <laughs> yeah, ever forget that. Exactly. So I'm like, here it is. Here we go. You know, um, here's the thing. Other people were like, wait a minute. Hold on. Back up. Uh, he was accused of wearing blackface. This this Karen Phillips accused him of, of making fun of black people. And they said, hold on, wait a minute. No, 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 no. His face is just painted like a whole bunch of other Chiefs fan right down the center with the Chiefs colors. One side's black, one side's red, whatever. And he didn't back down. That, he just he just doubled down. And, well, then this little boy managed to offend two groups of people, blacks and the Native Americans, you know. And, and his headdress was a problem. Just 
tearing this kid apart and doxing him. And so finally, um, more and more facts are coming out where, no, he's he's not doing anything wrong. And his parents, final nail in the coffin, are like, excuse me, but um, we're Native American. Yeah. I think his father is for sure. Anyway, so the kid is Native American. Like, who are you, Karen? <laughs> so, Karen the dude? Um, yeah, yeah, I was just... No, these people are awful. I they, was disturbed. They are, they are so disgustingly arrogant that it makes you sick to even read what they write sometimes. It makes me a little ill. Anyway, uh, well, so I don't even know the makes, story. I couldn't They actually couldn't asked uh, Little Holden, you know, because he got a lot of attention. And as soon as the facts came out and people were like, wait a minute, and the tide kind of turned, and now he's almost a little sports Chief hero. celebrity. Yeah, they I want the team does I know, right? Um, they asked him about all this attention. You know, what is that like? He's thrust into the spotlight. And his his response, discerning young man, says, it's a little scary. Yeah. And so um, I just have been thinking about this over the last several days and kind of getting mad, 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 mad. But I shouldn't be mad because it's to be expected. I know that this is what these people do. Mm -hmm. I know that the leftist liberal agenda. This and will they is give him an apology do. now that they know that he's a Native American? Well, there is one uh, person, one journalist. His name was Jack McGuire, who I don't I didn't read his story or anything, but he jumped on the bandwagon early and how awful this was. And then everything else came out and he backpedaled and he actually apologized but, Bravo, Jack. Fake name. Well, <laughs> it sounds like he's out of one of my mystery novels. <laughs> I didn't hear right? what he said. What well, Jack got wait. Hey, at Jack least, McGuire. At least be, yeah, Jack McGuire. Yes. He's from Barstool yeah. Sports. He did apologize. And yeah, I will say bravo for apologizing. But here's the thing. What he apologized for was that he didn't wait for all the facts to come out, that he just no. jumped all over the story. Say and I'm so. thinking, wait a minute. You're, Hold on. You're a journalist. This is a nine-year-old boy. You yeah. don't need the facts on a nine-year-old boy at a football game who didn't say anything to anybody, didn't touch anything or destroy anything. He's just enjoying the game. You don't need facts Dressed on him, Dressed like the mascot buddy. of the team he's cheering for. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So even the apology was... No, your apology should have said, I never should have went after a nine-year-old boy for such a stupid thing. I don't even care what the nine... You know, the, the nine-year-old boy could have been stealing hot dogs. But you know what? You still don't need to make him a part of your political agenda because yeah. he's nine years old. And these journalists who jump all over it, because I did, I predicted it, I saw it, and I knew it was going to happen... They should be ashamed of themselves and they should be fired. They won't yeah, be. No, but they should be fired. They won't even get reprimanded. The couple... They'll be told to just be careful next time you swing at a kid. <laughs> Not don't swing That's at kids. Just exactly. be more careful next time you do swing at a kid. That's the thing is that there are some takeaways from this whole experience. Mm -hmm. And one of the things was the these people will not relent. Mm -mm. I'm telling no. you, they will not relent. He was uh, these journalists were given the facts, the cold, hard facts like, dude, he was not in blackface. You know, so what if he wore a headdress? There's nothing wrong with that. He's at a Chiefs game and he's cheering for the team he loves. This is not an affront. 
doubled down. They did not care. They still went after him, went after him, went after him. When thankfully he is Native American, was be able they were able to put that out there um, because that kind of they didn't really have a choice, I guess. But I think it, ten years from now they still won't care. They still no, they, won't care. Look, but they will not relent. I was a journalist major in college, mm-hmm. and I've been a journalist, basically a broadcast journalist or whatever you want to call it, much of my career. And in that world, I can tell you that we jumped the shark. And I wish people could really see what we see. And we try to explain it, but I feel like we just do a, a horrible job explaining <laughs> the depth of how bad we have it in America right now. And it's been this way for about five, six, seven years. Yeah. And it's getting worse and worse, and it's not getting better and better. It does not matter yeah. if we vote with our pocketbook. They don't care. Right. Even Disney's CEO came out this week and said the social a thing we're trying to change is more important than prof- profits. Right, right, right. You can't, you can't help this level of stupid. No. Y- you can't. <laughs> and and we went from biased, very biased in the Bush administration, G.W. Bush, last Bush, uh, to the Obama administration. We went to full on propaganda. Mm-hmm. Do not forget, in two thousand and eight, as Obama's running and getting elected in two thousand nine, when he gets inaugurated, it became absolutely taboo for comedians to run to make a run at this guy. Yeah. First time in my lifetime that that a president wasn't able to be joked about. Right, right. And then when you had, you know, the problems with Obama's birth certificate and all of these other things that still remain unsolved to this day, journalism died. Oh, it did. Journalism died. And then they started actually recruiting kids out of high school with full ride scholarships to colleges to come out and then work at their major networks, major newspapers. But they had to toe the line. They had to be ideologically, you know, aligned. So let me just give you a quick little story and I'll try to tell the joke as best as I can. Okay, real quickly and I'll finish my last two points. I want you to do your last two points if I can finish with a journalism story. Sure, that's a deal. All right. All right, it's a Christmas miracle. Get the mistletoe. (laughs) Okay, so the first thing was these people will not relent, right? They are not going to relent. Number two... Age doesn't matter. No, kids and are open open game now. Exactly. And and this all goes back to, believe it or not, I'm going to say it, it goes back to abortion. And you're going to go, why? How does that, what does that have anything to do with abortion? All right, I'll well, say it. Why? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Let me answer that brilliant question. All right, thank you. <laughs> are you a journalist? I, I used to be. Um, I played one on TV. <laughs> but if there is no value in of uh, the human life in the womb, there won't be one in the classroom. There won't be one in the stadium. There won't be one anywhere. And so it all stems from that turn that we made in culture where um, abortion became okay and it was fine. Since that time, children, um, they're a problem. They're in the way. They're just a difficulty. And it's very, it's a very Christian-specific ideal that that children are valuable. Jesus himself said, let the children come to me. Don't forbid them. Uh, you know, I'm not too important for children. Children are important to me. And so um, we need to hang on to that value. And, and yeah, that's, where, sure. this, that's sure. where this attack on this little Holden is coming out of. And lastly, parents, you better be teaching your kids. That was my overall thing. I got to I got to do this with my grandkids. I got to be teaching my children what the word of God says. And I need to let them know that they are loved as children 
And we need to get those oil lamps filled because the days are getting dark. Absolutely. Those are my three takeaways. So tell Keep me your, your story. Tell well, me your story. This is a this is a, a, a little stand-up comedy joke or a story joke I used to tell in sermons. Yeah. Um, or even on the radio. We've I've told this before, and I'm gonna try to go off memory. So if I tell it slightly off, <laughs> it is a classic that points out that when you have an agenda, you can influence your readers and listeners. And you can do it in a way that is just un... See, that's what I love about the gospel. I love about sharing the word of God every week. You know why? Because I do it from a perspective of no manipulation. Right. No, This is the truth. This is it. Blah, there it is. And this is what God has said. God said it. I believe it. We're going to roll with it. And I, let me teach it to you and let the Holy Spirit be your guide. And then when the Spirit jumps in on those messages and does stuff that my presentation could never do... It's amazing. In fact, we just had some Spirit of God moving stuff this weekend that was just yeah. off the chain good. Anyway, here's how the story goes. You, it's, in, it's from the Chicago area in the 1970s, mm. okay? And there is a boy playing with his little brother near an alley, and a journalist happens to be coming down the street, and he sees all of a sudden this rabid dog is coming over, and it's, it's going to attack the little brother. And the older brother grabs a stick, thinking quickly, and just jams it down the collar of this dog and breaks its neck and Ooh, saves his little brother's life. Brave boy. And uh, it turns out the dog was rabied and, you know, was, was foaming at the mouth. The journalist runs over there. He's like, wow, I, I can't believe what I just seen. You know, how old are you, young man? He said, well, I'm 12 years old. He goes, I can just see the headline now. Cubs fan saves little brother from terrifying animal. And he goes, well, I don't really, the 12-year-old goes, well, I don't really like baseball that much. I'm more of a football fan. He goes, oh, even better. You know, young 12-year-old Bears fan uh, intervenes and saves his brother from certain disaster. And he goes, well, actually, uh, we're Packer fans. Ooh. And the reporter goes, 12-year-old <laughs> juvenile delinquent kills beloved family pet. <laughs> Do you see? I do. That is what yes, we are seeing everywhere. Yeah. And these liberals who who beat their drums so loud are some of the most shallow. They just don't have any kind of depth to them at all. All they can do is no. parrot what they've been taught. And they don't have critical thinking and they don't have feelings for anybody other than no. who they feel, feel are the oppressed. And mm -hmm. then if you badmouth the oppressed in their mind, then you're worthy of being canceled. You mm -hmm. mean nothing. Yeah. And who are the oppressed in their minds? We know. It's all the, you know, multiple letters and the multiple colored flags and all that. Anybody else that gets in the way is wrong. And America, they hate America. They hate the freedom of America. They hate it all. And I just am sick of giving these people a platform. Yeah. And so you got to understand, many times you're listening or reading somebody who quite honestly has no credibility, not in a biblical sense, but in a cultural sense, they just shouldn't have a platform. That's yeah. just me. All right. Very good. Now <laughs> we know. Maybe too Now rough. we know where you stand. All right. And, and I got to be honest on yeah. Packer fans. That's probably the correct headline. <laughs> <laughs> you are an awful human being. <laughs> hey, last last night against the Chiefs. I'm sorry. That was one of the worst officiated football games. The NFL Agreed. should be embarrassed. Agreed. But it's the Packers. It's the Packers. Statistically, Whoa. they get better, more calls on third down than to keep their drive going than any other team times 10. Did you know that? In the last 15 years, is statistically provable. 15 times more than the next closest team, the Packers got penalties that continued their drives on third Did down. Did you know this is not Espen the magazine? <laughs> <laughs> 
Twelve-year-old right. juvenile delinquent kills beloved family pet. <laughs> Enough pets. with the sports, all right? Enough with the sports. We are going to take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to bring Mike Shaw back all in right. with us. We're going to play a little right on, way off, and we got a little more fun. We're going to go on the lighter side of things all right. you're, throughout the rest you're, of the show. You're hanging out with uh, FreshRoadMedia.com's No Apology with Emily and Chris, and we'll be back right around the corner. Stay with us. Hey, if you enjoy listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris, if you get any encouragement from it, please consider standing with us financially. Go to FreshRoadMedia.com and consider giving a wonderful gift today. It is appreciated. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. And uh, it's been a good show. It's yeah. been a hot show. During that break, <laughs> I just want everybody to know uh, it was a brief little, short little break, but I got to talk him too. And Emily said, you cannot be so angry about it. I didn't. I, I'm sorry. I Because okay. of the lack of journalism in our country, it, it pains me to my core. It's one of those things that I will never stop being disgusted with. I know. And so I'm sorry if I you poked the bear and I came across a little too harsh. <laughs> I well, stand by. I had to go in the bathroom, splash some cold water on my face. Because yeah. when I start talking about this situation with this rises. little boy, I'm, 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 I start getting hot. I'm so well, mad. Um, that should have been my granny rant is what it should have been. It's, it's not liberals. You know that I love liberals and ha- can have dialogue with liberals. It's, it's, it's lefty. Yeah. Lefty yeah. and the brood. And I don't care if they're male or yeah. female. They are disgusting. They are disgusting in how they want. Can I go on a rant? Let me go on a rant. No, I just got in trouble for going on a rant. Yeah. But no, lefty and the brood are the scourge of our time. And I hope people can understand and see that. They're against everything that God has to offer us. They're against all things that God has promised any nation that serves him. And they just want to throttle anybody and they have joy in doing it. And yeah. it just it just drives yeah, me crazy I that remember... people would actually claim Christ and consider this to be an alternative, you know, oh, you know, how you vote is nah, don't even get me started. Anyway. I think you too late. You've already started, all dude. Right. <laughs> Mike Shaw's in the building. What are we gonna do? Hey. Uh, yeah, let's bring him in. Mike Shaw, save us <laughs> from ourselves. Hi. Sing a happy tune or something. Have you ever gone to apologize <laughs> and actually redid what you just were apologizing for? Uh, I, how many I times? Too that. many times. I Tell us how you that. really feel, Chris. No, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I, I, I just... It's going to get worse, just this so little, you this know. This little boy at the football game, just it drives me... I know. You know, yeah. it just drives me crazy. I know. That's crazy. why it's like we really have to draw close to the Lord. We really have to... You know, let him guide our steps. Here's here's the thing that I want to make sure dark. that people understand why I'm so passionate about this. Okay. Is I Emily and Mike kind of understand. They're in the room with me, but you need to understand that we have done stories about Lefty coming out recently. We're talking in the last year that has said they have said that same people that are kind of going after these kids. They have said that anyone with a Christian worldview needs to be oh, yeah. either re-educated, mm-hmm. incarcerated, uh-huh. or eliminated. It's yeah. coming. Deprogrammed. It, you tell me how left. You tell do. me, yeah. yeah. You tell me how lefty and Hitler's Nazis are different. Show me the differences, yeah. and yeah. I'll show you the similarities. Okay, so we're gonna move to right on way off because <laughs> anyway. I want to do it because this right very on. first one that I'm gonna throw out there, I think, is gonna help you, Chris. All right, okay. good. Totally going to help you. It is time for Right On Way Off. I'm going to give you guys three statements. And Mike Shaw and Chris Danielson, you are going to tell me whether these statements are 
right on or way off. Those mm-hmm. are your only two choice. Oh. Those are your only two choices. Are you going to give us true and false again, or <laughs> no is these actually are these actually legit? No, right on, I want you to questions. know what you think about these statements. The All first right, one: Christians should speak out on moral issues, not because they feel offended or because their cherished beliefs are threatened, but because they have compassion for those who are trapped by these ideas. Right on. Yeah. Right on. The problem that we have, which is where my frustration (laughs) rises to the top, is that most of the time you can't have conversations with anybody anymore. You cannot share truth. They don't have the ability to have critical thinking. Yeah, you're talking to irrational people. Most of the time, uh, we are talking to people that have biblical depraved minds. It's it's upon us. It's washing across the country. Look, when you and I last had a syndicated radio show was 2015. From that day to this, in eight short years, mm-hmm. we do not live in the same country no. anymore. I, I have talked to people and I've asked them, I said, listen, when I stopped talking, did you hear anything I said or were you just waiting for your rebuttal? Right. And they, oh, yeah, I, I kind of knew exactly how I was going to respond to you. Yeah. So, you, you know, basically, I'm Charlie Brown's teacher sharing the gospel yeah. and they, they know everything and you can't tell them anything. And it's just ad nauseum a problem. So... That leads to my frustration where it's like, what shall the righteous do? The foundations of journalism have been destroyed. The foundations of critical thought have been destroyed. True. And the foundations of just having common courtesy among neighboring Mm -hmm. people has been destroyed. What shall the righteous do? Well, I look at, uh, you know, the uh, Al Capone and Elliot Ness, you know, how did Elliot Ness defeat Al Capone, you know? Just work that out on your own yeah, time. Yeah, okay. Work that out on your own time. So you're Christians, saying... <laughs> Christians can be loving and firm and straightforward. You don't have to go all rage against the machine like I'm doing on this show. <laughs> Do not let me be your example, okay? But it is time for us to say enough is enough. Yeah. No, Yeah. no, no. You know, it's just like if you want to break into my house, my dogs and my guns are going to be there. And you're not going to be able to cross that threshold without having some sort of battle on your hands. I want Christians to get in the fight, and we fight with both truth and love at the same time. And loving does not have to be a wet noodle doormat that gets walked all over. Yep. Understand the difference. Get your mind around the facts that you can be firm and loving at the same time. Do you remember the statement, Chris? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Should you swashbuckle in whenever you have the opportunity? The answer is yes. So you're right on with that, you said. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <laughs> what was the question? I will read it one more time. I'm ruin your sure credibility as a pastor in one easy all radio show. of the people in cyber world out there have forgotten what the statement is. The statement is Christians should speak out on moral issues, not because they feel offended or because their cherished beliefs are threatened, but because they have compassion for those who are trapped by destructive ideas. Right on or way off. That's right on. All right. Yeah, that's right on. And, you know, it is uh, truth in love. Yeah. And, and I think throughout the Bible, throughout the ages of time, we've always had the spirit of Antichrist, at least since Christ was here. Yeah. And before that, it was just evil. And so whenever you have the spirit of Antichrist or you have evil in the world, in a fallen world, you're going to have this error. And what does this error do? 
It hurts you. It kills you. <laughs> Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Exactly. So how do you correct that? With the truth, and the mm -hmm. truth shall set you free or make you free, depending on if you're NIV or NKJV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. And so you you have to, and especially now, and I, and, and I encourage anybody, whatever your sphere of influence is, you don't have to have a podcast or, exactly. or a pulpit, just whatever your sphere of influence yep. is. Through relationships, speak truth yep. in love. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, one of the reasons I believe we are in this situation is because people have been afraid to speak up. We've been, we've, we've been silenced. Yep. We've been canceled. We've yep. been told that we're just bigoted. We've been told that we're unloving. And it's all so disingenuous and so intolerant. And again, the tolerant crowd came in on the surfboard of tolerance and they are the most intolerant people in the whole planet. Right. I'll give you one example then I'm done. Where's this surfboard? It, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a figure of speech. I love it. Listen, listen I, I got one question for all of those who want to wave the rainbow flag. One question. What about the thousands, tens of thousands of testimonies of people who've come out of that lifestyle who claim that they were in bondage and mm -hmm. now they have been broken free of that by the love and salvation of Jesus Christ. Why? Rainbow revival. We why talked about can it. that yeah. not right. be part of the dialogue? And the fact that it yeah. cannot be, it has to be silenced. You cannot have any conversation about that and it cannot be part of the public narrative is a problem. And now we have no content anymore. You can't watch any content without seeing that narrative of LGBT and trans life, uh, gender fluidity blend into those stories. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, where is the Christian, the born again Christian character that is lovable and likable and actually does stuff for their community? Like, like Chris, Chris, like Christians <laughs> I see all over the globe. Yes. I know Christians that yeah. give to people in need so much and they never want any recognition for it. They just want to keep giving yeah. and giving and giving because why? Out of good old fashioned gratitude for the mountain of sin that we've been uh, been forgiven, and that's yeah. all I have to well, say. Well, and the reason that. why is because you ha you have an enemy, and yeah. it is the exactly. spirit of Antichrist. And so the spirit the spirit of Antichrist and and Satan himself can't let the truth be out yeah. there because there it go. changes people's lives. So yep. the disingenuousness of lefty is so bad and so permanent in our culture now. It's permanent. It's, it's, on it's purpose. there. Uh, for us to just sit by and, oh, well, I guess that's live just the way it live. is. Live and let live, yeah. <laughs> that is, for us to actually uh -uh. get a spine and get Stand. worked up and say, no, enough's enough, I think yeah. is appropriate. I'm right on. Well, okay, very good. It is right on. Yeah. And I do love that last line. It's because we have compassion for those who are trapped by destructive ideas. And so mm -hmm. when we stand up and we say, hey, don't go over that, don't go after that nine-year-old, we're not just talking out of compassion for the nine-year-old. We're talking out of compassion also for the journalists who are doing it. Like, don't do that. Stop. Turn around. That's detrimental to yourself and everyone around you. It's compassion for everyone involved. And so, I hope you and, get sued. And, and <laughs> yes. I must add. We hope you're sued. Yes. I must sued. add, I have been blessed to be witnessed of changed lives of like that Karen dude. Mm -hmm. And if you're, I almost want to say, if you're just tuning in, I don't know how you could be just tuning in on a download only. That comes from my <laughs> terrestrial radio days. If you're just tuning in, we talked about Karen, the male author uh, or writer. Um, if you are, oh, I forgot my train of thought now. That happened to you, Mike, on the last it show. It sure did. Oh, <laughs> I remember it now, though. 
if if you are if you are coming across this level of j- disingenuousness, yeah. and you've been blessed to see like we have to witness the changed lives, there's one thing that has changed the lives, and it's not argument, it's not having common sense, it's not being able to articulate. It's the Holy Spirit convicting people of their sin and mm-hmm. Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world in, in, infiltrating their life. And God the Father now will look at them because of Jesus' sacrifices if they're perfect and they've never sinned. Their life is now changed. They're now new creatures in Christ. And these people want to tell me that if I share that with somebody... That's hate. That's hate and mm-hmm. that, that has to be stopped. It's violence. That is where I have to say... No. No. We are going to stand firm. No. All right. Question number two. Both <laughs> you guys are absolutely right on with your right onness. I better give a one-word answer. On this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, You've used up all so your I've words, used up all dude. My words for this show. It's funny because earlier Chris was like, they're not true or false. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> no. It doesn't matter. I Chris will go off no matter what she <laughs> said. <be> fine. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. That's true. Even um, if it's true or false, you got uh, things to say. I know that on question number two, Mike's always first. So okay. hit us. Uh, here we go. Progress, uh, progress. Christianity substitutes affirmation for transformation, thereby giving lost sinners a false sense of assurance while leaving them in their sin. Is that right on or is that way off? That sounds pretty right on. All right. <laughs> I was tracking that thing. Going, oh, good. Okay, yeah. So that's, yep, yep. Yeah, 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 those, yeah. all those dots connected. <laughs> so, um, you know. It's kind of relates to the last one in a way. It does. Because yeah. you you've got to know that you're wrong to be able to fix it. Right. And that's what the that's why your whole discussion about reading the Bible and the translations and all that is so important because you have to be in the word yeah. all the time. Yep. It transforms your mind. It transforms your mind. You know right from wrong. You may not know that you're in sin until you read it and go, oh. Right. 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 Oh, that's wrong. (laughs) Maybe I should stop. And it can even (laughs) dawn on you later. Like you can read passages and know passages and like years later go, oh, that's what that means. Thank you very much, Holy Spirit, for revealing that to me. But knowing what it says is so, so very important. So very important. And so when you have a progressive churches of great examples yeah you just pat you on the head and go it's okay okay. we love you right we love you so it's okay yeah it's like yeah we love you but that's not okay and because we love you we're going to tell you that's not okay so that your life will be better and you'll have life and have it more abundantly yeah turning a blind eye to sin is not a loving thing to do ever chris what do you think I'm just really sad I used up all my words because I <laughs> I got right. a lot to say about well, this one. Let me, let me just time. let me re- let me repeat it and uh, hey uh, yeah we I'll we be, like I'll hearing be brief, what you have I to promise. say. Progressive Christianity substitutes affirmation for transformation, thereby giving lost sinners a false sense of assurance while leaving them in their sins. Right Is on, that right on, or way right on. And let me just add this: uh, you know, if there's a church out there that has People that are obviously either mentally deranged or caught in, you know, sin, they're, they're yeah. just they're wrapped up in whatever sin it is, and it can even be heterosexual sin. Right. If you've got a person who has blatantly been cheating on their wives, and they 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 want to come and be members, you, you've got to be able to say something. And here's what they do when they leave them in their sins. When they when they do that, let me tell you who they love. Hmm. They love themselves. Right. They love themselves so much that they cannot stomach somebody not liking them 
by telling them the truth, the truth that this is yeah. that not only is this wrong, but there's a solution to make it right. And we're not condemning you. It's the sin that has fallen around you. Right. We all You're fall. already under you know, condemnation. It's just like, well, they're <laughs> born with it. We're all born into sin. Yeah. Some people have bents in certain ways yeah. than others. Yeah. Again, I go back to the homosexual who has come out of that lifestyle, who has said Jesus broke the chains. There are dozens upon dozens of them that we've talked to. And a couple of them even said they still lust in that way. They still have a lust in that way. But God tampers it down through the Word of God, and they still live they through overcome, it. They overcome, yeah. It, the people being mean to people because of their sin in whatever walk of life is wrong, okay? And there are people who claim Christ who are brutally mean to folks. In fact, people who talk as harsh as I do have sometimes have no love, and I get misinterpreted because it's this passion that I want people to know the truth and to understand what power Jesus Christ has to break chains. My chains, your chains— anyone's chains can be broken by Jesus. And so All right. that's too Any words guess again. as to who said that? Um, Either who, one of you. Who rails on progressive churches? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say A.W. Tozer. Okay. And I know he died in the 60s, so yeah. probably not Were him. there progressive churches back then? Mm-mm. Progressive uh, Christians. No, that, I mean, it, it had yeah. started, but it wasn't anywhere near. I don't know. It wasn't a term. I grew then, up heathen, and so I'm... I'm really way behind. On How about Franklin Graham? I'll go stuff. Franklin Graham. There okay. You go. Uh, no, sure. it was Dr. Michael Brown. Ah, so, Dr. Michael. Yeah. I thought I'd bring him back again this week. And he's, I read this and I loved it. Brother. And I Get thought, him on the show. You guys are going to really, uh, really love uh, this, this. He was statement. in Bible Idiots. And then we screened Bible Idiots with him and his staff in, in Concord, North Carolina, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. like a year after the movie was made. <laughs> we we haven't talked show. to him since. Yeah, oh, I did buy a book from him, and he wrote me a personal note inside the book. So. Aw, that's sweet. Mike, Sorry would you please that. be sick on your own time? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying, man. <clears throat> yeah, so. Poor Mike. I know. Well, so I, I, got a, I got a job. That's yeah. the good news. Yeah. And I'm driving kids around, which is great. Fun. I, I really like it. Yeah, but now it's but just a That is actually your job. You're not just doing that. <laughs> So it was so yes, literally a snot nosed kid, and he's a great kid, but he just happened to get strapped, and oh. then he came back the next day. Thanks for bringing it into this small confined <laughs> studio space. Sneezing, I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right, Emily. Nobody used Mike's mic. All right. Nobody used Mike's mic. The last one, Chris. We're going to you first. Here's the statement. Calling yourself non-binary categorizes everyone into binary or non-binary, creating a binary system which makes you binary again. Is that right on or is that way off? I don't even understand <laughs> binary. <laughs> he stole my answer. The only thing I know about bi- what, what is binary code? Binary uh, is just it means you're working with something that's only in sets of two. There's right, only two to right, deal with. So yeah. people have u- used the word non-binary to say, say that more than two. That yeah. there's more yeah, than I two. Okay. I got it. Right. Uh, okay, so yeah. they're using so this term. What so what you're saying is, is that common sense prevents uh, <laughs> the non-binary from actually being true. If that's what you're saying, I'm right on. If okay, right on. How and about you, I want to let Mike Shaw have more <laughs> okay. words on this segment. I'm going to read since it. I've been talking to. I'm I'm going to I'm going to read it one more time because right. I know it's a little bit confusing. I'll yeah. slow it down a little bit. Okay. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if <laughs> a woodchuck sounded, that's was not binary? That's what I heard the first time. Exactly what I. How much binary could a binary binary? That's all I heard. All right, we're checking is, something is, is here. Chuck binary? Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. I don't know. it's binary. Is that your? That's real what name? I'm saying. Not binary. Oh, am I saying binary? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
All right. Binary. Uh-huh. So people who want to either have a different gender other than the two uh, that are real, uh, they call themselves non-binary. Yeah, just, okay. yeah, let's just say. Non-binary. Calling yourself, Calling yourself non-binary, non-binary categorizes everyone into binary or non-binary. Oh, I see where it's Creating uh, a binary system, <laughs> yeah. which makes you binary again. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm right on with that. That's so good. Yeah. that That's really good thinking. So yeah. just I'm thinking of the binaries that I'm wearing. So yeah. computers, ones and zeros. Exactly. Right? So that's all I can think yeah. of when that's I hear that. On or off. Yep. Did you know most star systems are binary Yeah. Stars? In fact, the universe kind of, mm-hmm. you know, in theory or right. it can be viewed as such. Well, yeah, I wouldn't you know go I mean? too far in, on that it, because some star systems are three stars. Yeah, exactly. And a lot and, exactly. and there's so many that are just one. Yeah. Sad yep. and lonely stars all by themselves. <laughs> like our own sun soul. Yeah. He's all by go. himself. But go. um so those are yeah, so binary. So yes. yes. Uh, but yeah, if you say you're non-binary, then you're creating another binary. I get it. And I, I agree with that. <laughs> so there you go. Now what are you going to do? Well, uh, they're going to change the acronym again and it's going to get even will. longer. They will. No, they'll just add the word fluid to it all to then justify oh. whatever they want to think yeah. of today because it's fluid. Yeah. Then, so it's Emily it's Latella's fluid. never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I remember her. Uh, Daily Wire has a movie out called Lady Ballers, and we <laughs> really? yeah we watched it last night. It's for night. grown ups. It's for grown ups. It's, it, it's not a Christian movie at all, but basketball. Yeah, yes. it's about it's about um and the, the the woke left is literally having a cat about it. Yeah, <laughs> because um, it really exposes. I don't want to. Well, I good. don't want to give any any uh-huh. you know what's the word spoilers spoilers or whatever uh-huh. but in the end it's a they do give a wonderful illustration how this whole idea is going to cut its own throat it does it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to the point that it if it were given the opportunity to go full on it would fall down so, and not work so that's that's and that's uh, where we're at that's yeah. a beautiful point so yeah. you know you give all of this unnatural stuff mm-hmm. ungodly stuff mm-hmm. enough rope it will fail on, right. under its own weight. I think, at the, some yeah. point. I think the Bud Light yeah. thing is just a little blip on the radar to show how yeah. done most of us are with this whole force feeding of this mm-hmm. this lifestyle we know yeah. is not sustainable and it's not legit. And the movie Lady Ballers actually the premise is <laughs> I'm that like saying the, the name of it. <laughs> well, the, pre- the premise <laughs> is is that the this high school it. basketball team won the state championship years ago. And now the old coach wants to get the team back together to play as girls, to play as women. So they can win, so win, they can win. Because it's all about winning. Yeah, and the, and the catchphrase in the movie is, winners are, are just losers, losers who win. Who win. <laughs> winners. I love that. Losers it's supposed to be a slapstick win. comedy. But, uh-huh. I mean, in, okay, so some of the guys, they, they don't really want to be girls, but they learn about gender fluidity. That's what made me think of this. Uh-huh. And so they're like, so we can be girls when we play basketball. But then we can then go and go back and to being go, guys, go back to being guys our, after yeah. the when game. Not playing, and, and, yeah. Whatever yeah. suits your So fans. then these guys, yeah. as girls basketball players, meeting fans, they're trying to hit on these girls and they're claiming that they're lesbians. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not for kids, okay? But it is yeah. not so for So let me tell Christian you all movie. about it. No, it's not a Christian movie. No, no, no. But no, it's no, somebody no. finally standing up saying, yeah. this is absurd. Let's do a comedy about the absurd absurdity of it. Yeah. And if you know anything about the Chris and Emily show or now, 
my, uh, you know, Bible idiots or anything is that we love comedy to help yeah. make points. And I, yeah, it does. It makes the point yeah. beautifully that just the, <laughs> I don't know why it rationalizes so the irrationality of it. If that makes any I'm sense. I'm so sorry. So, uh, there is a good, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get a talking to after the show. <laughs> I just want you to be happy. <laughs> I, just, I just want you to do your show and I want to support you. And I just want to be an asset to the show and I don't want to get in the way. Well, I feel like I've <laughs> triggered you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what triggers me is when people get triggered. <laughs> I'm not responsible for your triggers. Okay. Where's my safe space? <laughs> Is it behind the banner? I don't know. Somewhere where you're not coughing on folks You guys are today. making me uncomfortable right now. <laughs> now I coughed into my jacket. You, well, did, you I did, do, did good. You did good. I you do hope you feel better, Mike. I, <laughs> I, really, I really actually do. feel fine. It's just lingering. The cough's going to hang on. I, I do lingering. know a few other people that have had kind of that same thing yeah. in the area. Strap. And it's just a cough that hangs yeah. on. It's not COVID. Yada, 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 are, are so. we, we got another one or are we done? We are done for the day. So Can we make I one do up? Wanna, no, yeah, do you got one? Well, I'm kidding. I wanted before we go, Mike, I wanted yeah. to ask what's going on with Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, so I'm working on, and this is cool. So with this job, you know, obviously busy, but we do have the the winter break coming up. Yep. And now when the kids are off, I'm off. Yay. And so um, that's when I'm going to really concentrate and put together that Bible reading that I told you yes. about. Mm. The Tom letting uh, read the Bible through a year Bible. It's actually more than that. Yeah. You know, it's, um, and so I'm going to put together an actual calendar that people can download and use it as a resource to awesome. be in your Bible daily and and a lot. So you'll yeah. get you'll get through the New yeah. Testament once a year, Old Testament twice go. a year or more, Psalms once a quarter or more, Proverbs once a month. Um it's it's great. It yeah. changed my life. And um uh, you can ch- you can check out the episode too at, at yeah. uh, Jesus is coming soon with Mike Sean. I explain who Tom is and how I met him and how this came about. That's so, awesome. So that's coming soon to a freshroadmedia.com near you and we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right, Chris. Yeah. Do you have any words left in that I do. of yours? <laughs> uh go to Bibleidiots.com or check out the Bible Idiots page, which they're the same thing. Um on freshroadmedia.com. That is the teaching platform. Uh Mike Shaw helps me get all of these things up and out there yes. for you. Uh Emily usually does the intros when she when she has time. And so it's a little collaborative uh, effort. And I just want to thank anybody that checks them out or shares them or talks about them or, you know, it just it makes it so fun to, you know, it, look, I don't ever have to publish another sermon as long as I live and I will not bat an eye. But the fact that I've gotten a little bit of feedback recently off some of the messages on Bible idiots and their lives have been changed by Jesus through my meager efforts, man, there ain't nothing better than that. Yeah. And so it's wind uh, in your sail, dude. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Bible Idiots is my teaching platform, and, and I appreciate anybody that goes and downloads and listens to any of them. All and right. you want to know what, if you want to pray for Bible Idiots at all, uh, Emily and Mike and I, I want to encourage you pray that people that have long commutes or that are truck drivers that are always looking for content will yeah. find, find this and, 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 yeah. and jump on board with it because yeah. I'd love to see it grow in 2024. Me too. Um, Me just, too. Just from Iowa. Yeah. Just from the state of Iowa, when, when when I've been preaching here, we just finally got to all 50 states. There's been at least Woo-hoo! somebody to download it. Now, Vermont was a big holdout. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't so me. I Googled last week. I So uh, I actually had an elder in the church when I told him this. He said, well, that doesn't really count because what I'm about to tell you. I'm here to say it does. Okay. Because if we had marketing money and we were promoting it and people found it, that'd be great. 
Well, we don't. Yeah. So I did a little marketing move myself. I Googled Bible churches in Vermont. And the first one that came up, I called them. And the uh, associate pastor answered the phone. Yeah. And I just said, listen, dude, I'm about to hit you with a weird request. And he had a Southern accent, and that kind of freaked me out, too. People like a, are like mobile these days. Yeah. Southern accent. That, that, <laughs> plays into, that plays into the story. I bet he had a headdress on, too. <laughs> no. That plays into the story. If you'd let me get a word in edgewise. It's all in Daniel, by the way. <laughs> Said the guy who talked way too much. People, go, people go to and fro, and now it's really um, crazy. So I yeah. called him, and I'm talking to him. And I, I told him, I said, look, I got 49 states. I want to be able to say Bible Idiots. Uh, has the teaching has gotten to all 50 states. If you just go to BibleIdiots.com or FreshRoadMedia.com and click download one episode, just download it for me, then I'll, I'll be able to say that. And we he, started he, talking. Of course yeah. we started talking. Of course. Yeah. He's from Georgia. Oh, and okay. he said that in the town that they live in in Vermont, he said, there's no, I said, and it just blurted out. I said, you guys are like missionaries. He's like, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. It is so blue dark there yeah. mm-hmm. that they, and, and they are so the, the scourge and the fringe of society there that they are like missionaries being a Bible church, Georgia dude in Vermont. Yeah. You yeah. called the right one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that happened? It, was just, it was just God, God leading. Yeah, anyway, exactly. so now we, we have touched all 50 states and 26 countries with he, downloads awesome. on Bible. Did he like the 20, show? 20,000 people is where we're hit. Have you heard back right from him yet? Uh, I bet no. he likes the show. No, well, there was only one download, so it That's was kind of like, yeah. I bet he likes the show. He well, might become a fan. Well, we got. I mean, you got to go back and you got to see more than one from Vermont. Okay, so it, <laughs> so let's say back in my assistant pastor days, right? Yeah. yeah. And I got a call like that, and I would think it was so cool, and yeah. I would talk to the dude, and I would download it, and I would listen to it, and yes, if I I would have to like it first, but yeah. I mean, what's not to like? I hear the show every. I, yeah. I was listening to you guys for 20, 30 minutes before I came yeah. on. Yeah, I love this show. So, well, one of the things, one of the things that that I like to do is I like to write cards to people, just little encouraging notes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, especially when I'm praying for them, it just it, it 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 just you know I hope it brightens their day. I hope that they no one looks at it like contrived. I may you know and you try to do two or three a week or two or three on every Tuesday. I'm going to do two or three cards or four or five cards. I want to maybe do that on Tuesday afternoons. Just I'll call three or four Bible churches around the country and what say, "Hey, listen, why don't you listen?" I don't. It's know. just fun. I mean, it would be fun anyway yeah. for you. For I don't know an extrovert. Yeah, you're, like you're exactly. I was just gonna say your personality, Chris, is <laughs> yeah. that is so right up That's your alley. That, like I live yeah. a little bit vicariously through you. Yeah. Chris and I will go out to dinner or we'll go on vacation or whatever, and he's making friends everywhere he goes. Well, the goes. worst was the worst is in Israel because if I see people that might speak English, I'm like, hey, where are you from? What are you guys doing? Hey, yeah, good yeah. And, and Jake, well, I got back on the bus on day two in Israel, and J- my son Jake was in Emily's place on this Israel trip. He goes, Dad, are you on Adderall? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey. I'm like, dude. Well, I, let's be friends. Come I on. met somebody from Pennsylvania. I met somebody from Australia. We talked to somebody from New Zealand. It was just an you, you see uh, all kinds of walks of life. Yeah. In this just anyway. How many family yeah. portraits Chris is in the middle of? <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I can tell you. I can tell you. We were yeah. in Spain. No, we're in Rome. Um, yeah. You're talking about the Spanish. Yes, steps. yes, yes. Uh, Spanish steps in Rome. Spanish steps in Rome. <laughs> I photobombed a whole group of Japanese Yeah, they were traveling in a group. I mean, there was like 50 of them, and they're all on the steps, and and it's a kind of a cultural thing. If you see uh, people from China or wherever uh, traveling, a lot of times they will just, they do, they give the peace sign or whatever. It's what they do. 
And so uh, there's this whole group of probably about 50 people. They're on the steps. They're all assembled. One poor schmuck is trying to get them all organized and set up so that he can get the camera and get them all in there and everything. And so we're just admiring the Spanish steps in Rome. Just so thankful that we're there and we're walking back down the steps. And Chris says, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. And just as the guy's ready to snap the picture, he leans in and he does that with the whole group. So yeah. there's this white guy awesome. in their in their group show photo uh, giving the peace sign for whatever reason. So well, they were doing yeah. it. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's They'd what Chris it. does. He makes friends I wherever know he goes. That he took a few, and I I was in and out of there in a heartbeat. So. Uh, but anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> I I do. <laughs> I do like that about you when it's not irritating me. Yeah, when it doesn't uh, scare you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, I, Chris, you and I can sit down with, like, another couple or some other people in some public setting, and I don't have to say a word. Hey. But I feel like I got to know these people that I would have otherwise never gotten to know. We'll maybe never see them again. But it was just cool to connect with people yeah. on that on that more intimate level than yeah. just, you know, pleasantries or whatever. Well, we got to have him back on the show, but he's been a guest on our show. There's somebody I've traveled extensively with who uh, he puts me to shame. Uh, he's so much better at it. His name's Warren Calloway. And this guy can make friends anywhere with anybody at any time. <laughs> he can. And he... <laughs> And not only that, Warren's but but guy. the way he asks questions and the way he draws you into it. a conversation, it's it's incredible. He's coming to Iowa at the end of January when yeah, we have this awesome. conference, which we'll announce next week. We'll but, have him on the show. Yeah, we we got to have him on the show again. I mean, yeah. he's he's on the board of Fresh Road Media, but but no, Warren will make friends anywhere he goes with anybody. Yeah. And and here's the thing about Warren that that is different than anybody else I ever met. Me, I'm just playing. I'm just having fun. I'm right, just filling right. time. And hey, I got to meet this person from Pennsylvania and this other person from Australia while we were at the aqueducts in Israel. You know, Warren genuinely cares about these people. I mean, it's genuine. He, mm -hmm. he will ask. I mean, I remember we were at this hotel checking out and Don Keith, uh, our other business partner, we, we, we all were meeting at eight o'clock in the lobby and I come around the corner and Don's sitting there. He's like, have you seen Warren? And I said, no, but I bet he's probably out front making, making friends. Let's, and we go around the corner and I kid you not. And me and Don both started laughing because I was so luckily right on. Warren is talking to two bellhops and he's calling them by their first name. And as we pull them away from him to go, he turns to one and he says, I'll be praying for your aunt Helen or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys take care of you. Be and it's just, it's amazing. It's what he it's does. I just, it's what he does. I, this guy is just such a positive, uh, positive person that God allowed me to hang out with for a while. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, we do have a pretty uh, great crowd of people who make uh, no apology with Emily and Chris happen and the whole fresh road media thing just go. And so we're so thankful for that. Pray for us, if you will. I'd really appreciate it. And my final thought for the day, final thought for the day, another challenge. I, I think I've got a challenge. I'm, I'm going to have a challenge ready after pretty much every show. But my challenge to you today is tell somebody about the significance of sleigh bells and sleighs in our holiday celebrations. Let them know that it all goes back to Stephen, the martyr for who was martyred for Christ, and how important uh, that really is, and why it's a part of our Christmas celebration. They'll never be able to not think of Stephen when they see every single sleigh every single Christmas. So, 
Have a good, great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell the people that you love, tell the people that you hate, tell everybody. Freshroadmedia.com.